Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Stroll. Recording a little early today on Tuesday afternoon. I just got my allergy shot. I'm feeling strong. Feeling strong physically, but I'm also feeling strong mentally, psychologically, emotionally. Because just like that kid whose name I can't remember in Charlie Brown, I have my security blanket back this week. After one month, yes, one entire month, the one and only producer Sam is back in studio today. Producer Sam, how are you today? We missed you. (laughs) Hello, world. Hello. I'm back. You are back. What's your favorite I'm back song? Uh, is there an I'm back song? Can you name three? Baby, I'm back. Yeah, I'm here to get it to you. Okay, that was one. Um, Baby, come back. <laughs> Baby, come back to me. <laughs> um, all the other back songs I probably should Back streets, sing. back. All right. Okay, I'm going to wow. go with that one. <laughs> Producer Sam's back. All right. All right, all right. Throw your hands up in the air, unless you're driving, because that is dangerous. Don't do that. Sam! Yes? You're back. I am. You went where? I was in the Holy Land. Yes, you were in the Holy Land. And then I was at my house. Yes, because (laughs) the Holy Land got you sick. And you would think that, okay, that's just a coincidence, Taylor. Like, you know, you go to to a foreign land, the... The um, it's really funny. I can't think of a word. And somebody just tweeted out this week. Maddie said that her favorite part of the show is me trying to think of a word or a phrase. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> the stereotype. That's the word I was looking for. You're welcome. Is that you go to a foreign land and you get sick, right? Yes. So you got sick. And it's like, oh, Taylor, you're just stereotyping. Okay. Who else went on this trip? Your parents, who who the listeners of the show have been praying for for a month now. <laughs> Thank you. Because they were sick. They got in a wreck. Yes. Then they recovered from both of those just barely enough in time to go to the Holy Land. Exactly. Sam, how are your parents doing? Um. Well, my mom got sick while in the Holy Land. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> my mom, uh, we think it might have been like food poisoning, but we're not quite sure. So she was sick for a day. So yeah, there's no stereotype about food poisoning in Foreign Land. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, my mom got back and had the flu. And then uh, I had maybe the flu and a stomach virus. And then my dad just went to the doctor today and has the flu. <laughs> I'm not laughing, everyone. This is me. This is how I cry. I'm currently crying. It's true. So, yeah. So your parents are sick and like, that's sad. Uh, but it didn't affect me personally. Right. Y- you being sick and not your father, but our father. Father Jared Cook. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant God. <laughs> God, yes. Okay. Um, don't tell him that. Uh, that would make his head bigger than it already is. He thinks he looks like Tom Hardy. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, he also got sick, and he was the one leading the trip. He did. So your trip to the Holy Land negative- negatively affected me. <laughs> you were gone for a month. You were only supposed to be gone from me for two weeks. It's true. So... Uh, here's what we're going to do. You are going to make it up to me today oh, in the show. Okay. We're going to have some fun here in the first segment. And then in the second segment, for the second time in your history on the show, you're going to be the guest on today's show. <laughs> you are the interview. We are going to talk about your experience in the Holy Land in our yes. second segment. And you're everybody's favorite anyway. So like <laughs> people are going to listen if we just say, producer Sam talks a lot. Okay. Oh, thank be- you, everyone. Be- better than when Taylor talks a lot. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that in the second segment, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, what happened while you were away. Since you've been gone. Since you've been gone. Uh, do you know that that's one of my uh, my warm-up songs for when I'm playing, like when I'm going to lead worship somewhere? Nope. So like, I won't do it if I'm in a church, but if I'm in like the parish hall or whatever. Uh, it's one of those songs that has the same four chords that every other song, that every popular song ever written, right? Right, right. Uh, I figured out that I that those were also the chords to Sunshine Be Gone because it is a song that has been popular, right? Okay. That I figured that out this summer, and I it was the single most like popular 
uh, sing along that I've ever done. Wow. And like most of the time, like there's a lot of them, right? Like, you know, there's like the crazy ones from like you know classic rock songs where you're like you know wa- uh, wailing all these high pitched songs mm-hmm. around campfires that I can't currently think of. Um, Dream on. Dream on. Dream was, that, was that one of them? That was one of them. So like oh, you know like you have those around campfires and see it's just so glad I'm so glad you're back. It's so good to have you back. <laughs> My brain is back. It's fantastic. Um but since you've been gone for some reason it struck a chord with people. And these were high current high school kids. How do you even know this song? I guess to them, they're listening to the classic station and that's what's (laughs) on there because we're old now. Speaking of old now, we celebrated your birthday while you were sick. Oh, thank (laughs) you, everyone. So so happy uh, belated birthday now. It was early birthday then. Yes. Good job, everyone. Okay. So uh, like most of the time when you're gone, Mm -hmm. I was lost without you. Oh, no. (laughs) But the community came through. So the first day that you, the first show that you were gone, I I didn't schedule a co-host. I didn't have a a, a step in, fill in, substitute teacher, producer. Okay. It was just me in the studio, all alone. Wow. And we all know how that has gone in the past because, like, I right. bounce ideas off of you, and you make like I can have three sentences for segment one notes and we have a conversation and it goes somewhere. But it's it was, it was just me talking. I need like a lot more to actually talk about <laughs> because I'm not entertained <laughs> whenever I'm by myself. Uh, I mean, some people may be, but like I've heard the things that I've said before. <laughs> uh, no one else has. So um, the first time I knew that I, 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 I crowdsourced the show because I knew I didn't have enough ideas. So I was like, hey, guys, if you have any questions or topics, Sam, everybody came through like crazy. I've asked before for people to submit questions. Uh-huh. And people are like, you don't need me. Do your job. And that's what you have Sam for, too. But they knew – like, people know now how lost I am when you're gone <laughs> that they submitted all of these questions. I got dozens. Wow. We did two shows, two whole, a segment each show. Two shows of answering listener questions. We're not halfway done. Wow. Like, I still have them. I'm just going to hold on to them for a while. You know, maybe the next time you get sick and uh, abandon me or something like that. Right, right. So I'm just going to hold on to it because there's so many of them. So we had also uh, some great appearances. Uh, Senior AJ Barrows came in, guest produced last week. Oh, yes. People enjoyed him. Wow. Um, He's not here today. He was supposed to be here. Uh, Like you last week. (laughs) He was like, yeah, I'm going to be there. Oh, no, I'm not. Uh, you, because you were sick. Him, because he doesn't know how to use his Google calendar. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is real. But he, he did great last week, and we had great positive feedback. And we were both very excited because the first time he came on the air, it didn't go as well. <laughs> oh, <poor AJ. laughs> so it was It was great to – it was his fault. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it was great to have him on, and he did absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, he struck out in his first at bat, and he hit a grand slam in his second. So wow. we'll see what he does in his third at bat. <laughs> so um, we also had a Swiss guard come on while you were gone. Really? Yeah. This was crazy. So uh, Andreas Widmer. Okay. Former Swiss guard, uh, made a ton of money in the dot com era, helped like monetize the internet. Like he knows the people who started the internet, knows the people who started Dragon Dictation, which is essentially like the first, it, it's like the grandfather of Siri and Cortana and Alexa. Like I just turned on everybody's devices at their, at their house. Wow. Hey, Alexa, subscribe to Forte Catholic. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's the, that is the perfect place to play that. I was waiting for that moment. <laughs> I've been waiting. That's another one of the songs we sing at the campfire. <laughs> for a girl like you to come back on my show. Allison <laughs> uh, Sullivan came back on the show. Aww. So we we had a lot of people try to fill in for the one and only producer Sam. Wow, thank um, you. Another thing that happens while you're gone. One is that I I feel lost and I I don't have the ideas. So I bring these people in. I, I you know crowdsource the show. People yelled at me. They were like, "It's your job to do the show." I was like, "Nobody pays me except for my you know, my my Patreon people. Thanks, Patreon people." But the people <laughs> complaining don't pay me. So um, quiet. So um, another thing that tends to happen 
while you're gone is that you're essentially my conscience mm-hmm. outside of my body. So yes. I'll start saying something and either with your words into the microphone, you'll be like, no, 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 no. Or you will look at me and just shake your head. You know that like cat, that cat gif where there's like the cat shaking its head back and forth. Yes. That's essentially what you look like through half of our shows sometimes. That's true. So you weren't here to do that. Right. So here's a few things that we did, and I want you to weigh in. Okay. Um, you, uh, I want to give the listeners just a, a kind of sneak peek, a little behind the curtains view of how we do the show. Obviously, there's microphones, there's a soundboard that controls all that. You are You are in complete control of all those things. You also have... My iPad, which has like all of our sound effects loaded into it. Correct. You opened it up today and you found a few new sound effects, Sam. I, I did. Uh, w- what were some of those ones that you found? Uh, do you want me to play them? Is that uh, no, I don't want you to pl- just describe them to the audience. They've already heard them. You, oh, okay. You- One is called Private Party. Yeah, private party. That was just the was birthday the for birthday the celebration. One. Yes. What else? Uh, I saw the I win. That one's new. I, I win. Okay. So that was uh, from Father Anthony Serapa, his The Flu podcast. A- and I edited it. And you listened to it. And you just I looked did. at me and said, what? And I said, I'll explain it to you in about 10 minutes on the air. That's true. Uh, so I got into a race to 1,000 followers with the Roman Circus podcast on Twitter. Yes. Okay. Um, I guess that you can imagine the outcome. Right. I, I won. So I used that clip to 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 make fun of them, and it was an absolute blast, right? Okay. So I kind of went hard at them. I'm not sure if you would have allowed that to happen, but it, it was pretty funny. And then uh, from Clerically Speaking, another podcast that, like, I don't think it existed, whatever you left, <laughs> Father Anthony's new podcast with Father Harrison, they have a very popular segment called Summa, Tweeta, uh, Summa Tweetologica, okay. and I used that right um, because fa- one of Father Anthony's suggestions when I crowdsourced the show was, uh, he said, just read some of my tweets on the air. Well, Summa Tweetologica on their show is them reading some of their favorite tweets from other people throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just read his worst tweets <laughs> and used Amazing. his intro against him. So Perfect. that one was pretty funny. Um, I also yelled at Annie Fulkers- Fulkerson. That's not good. Uh, last week, uh, because I don't know if you've heard about this part. We had a very large argument about me fighting a baby elephant. Okay. So uh, this argument we had on last week's show, by the way, if you're listening to this and any of this sounds interesting to you, uh, you can always find past shows on ForteCatholic.com slash radio. Sam, you can go listen to them as well if you'd like. Um, yes. Yes. Um, because, I mean, you just hang on my every word when you're in the studio and you missed th- you missed three weeks. So um, you, you're just going to have to go listen and, and rate it with five stars. Uh, yes. So... We got in this huge debate on social media, and then we talked about it with, and this is all AJ Barrow's fault. You can blame him. Okay. I, I just want you to weigh in, because you're unbiased. Right. And I'm going to remain unbiased. Okay. I, I'm just going to give you the premise. I am 6'2". 6'2". 250 pounds. 250 pounds. A baby elephant. A baby elephant. Is three feet tall. Three feet. 200 pounds. 200 pounds. Who would win in a fight? Baby elephant. No, that's the wrong answer. You you said you were going to be unbiased. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I, in the premise. Now I'm going to argue with you. Oh, okay, go ahead. Th- this was the argument. And, and to be fair, you're with the majority. Okay. Um, and we brought this up on last week's show. And I, I didn't get to the whole point of why we... <laughs> I tried to tie it in, but we ran out of time. Okay. Oh, I see. So essentially, I think that I would beat the baby elephant because I am taller than it. Okay. Like by three feet, three feet and two inches. Right. And I am also larger than it. By a little bit, yeah. By a little bit, yeah. yeah. So um, I see many ways that I could win, like just tackling it and pushing it over. Right. Um, I don't see any way I could lose. Well. I can, I can see ways that I could not win, but I don't see any way I could lose. Okay. Well, I think that baby elephants are really cute. And so you would be distracted by its cuteness. And then, like, all of those videos where the baby elephant sits on the people and then they can't get up because he tries to cuddle in their lap, that's what would happen. And then accidentally, because he wouldn't do it on purpose because he's a baby elephant and cute, he would accidentally sit on you and you would have your face in the mud or something. And then Why you would can't die. I be cute and sit in the baby elephant's <laughs> lap? 
Why isn't that an option? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so the reason I brought this up is actually I wanted you to be on the show last week and you couldn't you couldn't because you got sick in the Holy Land. Right. So I brought this up because I actually talked about I didn't use the baby elephant thing, but I used another battle story to intro how I talked to your youth, the young men at your youth group. Oh, I see. So instead of using a baby elephant, I used um, a big battle football game that was on the previous Saturday. That was the the LSU Tigers were in a big game. They wore these uniforms that commemorated um, 100 years ago, Where, which by the way, <laughs> it's 2018, right? Like we all know this. Yes. I said it was 100 years ago. Or, or, no, I asked. I was asking a kid to tell, help me tell the story. And he said, well, 100 years ago is when uh, they didn't have a season because they went off to war. And I said, what year was that? And he couldn't figure it out. Oh. It's like, kid, it was 100 years ago. What do you think? <laughs> uh, but anyway, like obviously like regular war, like we used to train as men, used to train for regular war. Like our PE classes, like the PE classes that kids have now, the PE classes that I had when I was a kid are a joke compared to the PE classes from like 100 years ago because all those guys could have been drafted at any point. And that like we are no longer preparing preparing for that war. And because there's not this eminent war hanging over our heads, right? And so I, I use that to talk to them about spiritual warfare. Right. So it's like there's this other war that a lot of us aren't aware that we're actually fighting. And so I used, you know, long story short, the main point that I that I shared with them was when you go to war, you need to prepare, right? You have to put on your armor. And we've all heard this armor of God story. So I'm not going to go through all of it, but just to kind of uh, to recap some of it, right? Put on the armor of God that you may resist. Stand fast with your loins girded in truth. Clothed in righteousness as a, bl- as a breastplate. Your feet shod readiness of the gospel. So like you, you're, you're, the main point that I told them is like, yes, we are ready for battle. But the thing that has stuck out to me the most here recently, Miss Shepard, is that holding faith as a shield. Hmm. So let's say I'm in a battle and part of my armor gets taken off, right? Where am I going to hold my shield? Over that. Over part. that, right? So if part of my leg like my leg armor falls off, part of my chest armor falls off, I'm holding my shield there until I can get to a place of safety and put the armor back on or fix it somehow, right? And I thought about that a lot with like where we currently are in our church. Like it is a hard time to be Catholic. You know, we, we've talked, you know, a couple of months ago when the whole scandal broke loose. We had episodes about it. And so reading this in preparation for this talk with these young men, I realized that myself and I think most of us, we have all had a piece of our armor taken off. Like we feel vulnerable where we are in the church now or in our personal faith, right? So what's going to be the thing that's going to protect us until we can get out of this, the, the, the actual battle for a second, retreat, right? And we talk about retreats, getting out of the battle just for a little while to go back into battle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's our faith, right? It's holding our faith um, in a place, covering up our weakness, covering up our woundedness until we can get to a point where we can heal that. So uh, that was the whole point of bringing up <laughs> fighting the elephant, right? So um, guys, we will be right back with a great guest that we're <laughs> going to be talking to. You might have heard of her. Her name is Producer Sam. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. This is your host, Taylor Schroll, in the studio, finally, once again, with the one and only producer, Sam. She's, she left me for a month. She went to the Holy Land, and then she got sick. Sam, we, o- we both almost died uh, over, over the course of the last month. I didn't know you almost died. Yeah. I like how you could just accept. You're like, yeah, I almost died. <laughs> That's not even a question. You went to the Holy Land, got, got, the, got the flu virus and other sicknesses. Exactly. 
Uh, I almost died because I started CrossFit while you were gone. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, the first, uh, people have been wanting updates. The first three updates, I um, I wasn't down for the count. I was just hurting a lot. Right. I, I almost died yesterday. <laughs> Workout number four. I uh, saw some of my lunch. That's how we'll put that. That's disgusting. And, yes. And uh, it was it was quite difficult. At, <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to tell the rest of the story. Okay. Because <laughs> I want to uh, both to save you and the audience's ears and to not waste any time. Because I've been looking forward to talking to you about your Holy Land trip for quite some time. Mm. Uh, because you were sick from the show, it also meant that you were sick in real life. <laughs> so I haven't actually talked to you Correct. for more than about three minutes since you got back. It's been a weird time for me. Like we went from a, po- a point, both radio and at work mm-hmm. that we saw each other every day, except for like some Saturdays. Right. And then we went f- a month without having a conversation longer than three minutes. And I was just like, so i want to talk about your trip to the holy land yes i know nothing about your trip trip other than the fact that uh you got sick (laughs) yes and uh uh, and what i saw through the lens of father jared's constant constant instagram stories while he was there yes i got on a couple of those i think unwillingly or unknowingly (laughs) maybe that's the word (laughs) why not both (laughs) I saw, I did see you a couple times. I saw that you uh, were on, you were being recorded on video, like for, it looked like very fancy for a television show or something. Yeah, they, okay, this is actually like, actually really cool. They asked us ahead of time um, if they could like take pictures and video of us like walking around the Holy Land. So they had a camera guy there the whole time to like get our reactions and to like record moments for them to use for promotion. But they were I'm like, I'm guessing they cut out the parts where your whole family got sick. <laughs> yeah, they didn't use any of that. <laughs> um, but they, they, yeah, recorded us the whole time so they could use it for promotion stuff. And then I think we're going to get to use his pictures. Like he's going to let us have that as like, thanks for letting us record you for ten days. You can own the content that you are the content of. <laughs> exactly. So you got to like record in different places, and they asked you like, how do you feel being here in this place and. I, I my recording was in Capernaum, which is cursed by Jesus, which was really funny. Capernaum, that's yes. what it means, or that's what happened there. No, Capernaum is a place, and Jesus cursed that place. Why? Uh, what, did they, what did they, they do? He that was one of the places that he visited the most, and did like a lot of miracles and things like that. And they like rejected him, so that was one of the places that he said, "You are cursed." And he talked about how the stone was like really fancy, and like looking at now, it's like ruined. Like there's nothing. It was cursed from then on. Like, it was crazy. So or was or it's just the fact that it's 2,000 years old. That could also be true as well. God cursed this tree. It's <laughs> not alive anymore from 2,000 years ago. That's because it's a tree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, this is one of the things that I always find interesting about hearing people share about the Holy Land. Mm-hmm. Is that like I've read the Gospels multiple times each. Yeah. And I don't remember the story of him cursing Capernaum. Like, I honestly don't, even after you explained it, I was like, I mean, I believe you. Yeah. I just, it never stuck or sunk in, right? right. But then I've, I've heard other people say that, like, the s- stories of scripture, they don't get more real because they're, they were always real. Right. But they sink into you a little bit more mm-hmm. for, for some reason. Like, people yes. are weird, right? It shouldn't. It shouldn't change with you being in Bryan, Texas, and right. you being in Capernaum. Right. I, I don't. I don't know the state <laughs> that Capernaum is in, <laughs> so it, it uh, just didn't run off the tongue very well. But I don't know where I was going with that. Well, I can tell you the the tour guide did a lot of like history and like a lot of reminding us of where this stuff was in scripture because I didn't even remember that either. And there's three cities I think that he cursed. Um, and I didn't remember any of Jesus them. This is angrier than I remember. He's <laughs> not very happy. Um, but he talked about how when we read scripture, we've been reading it in black and white. And when you actually go and visit the Holy Land, you start seeing it in color. And I didn't quite understand that probably until I got back 
and we were reading we were reading in the story and it was when um the Je- when the Jesus, the Jesus. When, when the the children were trying to come up to Jesus and they were like no 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 children don't come and he goes let the children come to me um that was by the jordan which i was there and so i could actually imagine and see the scene now because i've been there and i can see Jesus i was like maybe he sat here and the crowd was like it all of a sudden this idea of seeing something in color i was like amazed because i was like wow this is a major difference of actually being in this place and seeing what it looks like and putting that in the context of the stories has been really cool yeah and i, and I feel like like even he i wasn't there but hearing you tell that story like adds another wrinkle to the story for me mm. maybe it wasn't that they didn't like kids maybe it was that they wanted them like these, they knew that these kids didn't know how to swim, and Jesus was by the Jordan River. Maybe. And Jesus, like, <laughs> he walks on water. So it, I think it would right. be difficult for him to save a child that's underwater because he can't go below the water. <laughs> so, like, maybe it was just out of safety for the I young think there's children. There's some flaws in things you said, but that's, uh, that's no, fine. No, 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 oh, not at all. Of <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want to have more of the Holy Land come to life, uh, mm. see it in color. So yeah. uh, let's rattle off quickly mm-hmm. before we dive into any more specifically. What were the big places that y'all visited? Um, we went to the Holy Sepulcher, which is where Jesus was died. They anointed his body in Jesus the tomb. Jesus was died. <laughs> yeah, where he died. <laughs> they, they, they colored him. They, brought him. they put him in color. Yes, they did. <laughs> uh, we went there. That was a big deal. We went to um, the Nativity. We went to... The Sea of Galilee, we went to the Jordan, we went to um, the Annunciation where that happened, we went to the Holy Family where they lived, their house. Um, we got to see where uh, Peter lived before, like when Jesus and him were like staying together. I mean, we we went to where Mary and Elizabeth met each other, and where Peter's where Jesus healed Peter's mom, and then she made yeah. him a sandwich. It, it, exactly. <laughs> I feel better now. I'm going to make you food. What? <laughs> so yeah, we went to a lot of cool places like that. We went to some other places, Dead Sea. Um, yeah, we we went to a lot of a lot of places. Okay, we've heard them all now. What was your top? What were your top three places that y'all went, and why? Obviously. Um, It'd be boring radio if you just listed them again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. My top three. Uh, I I would say some of my experiences probably would have been better and would have been my answer if we would have done them at a different time or something like that. Like the Delarosa. So like, it's Father Jarrett's fault. <laughs> no, it's not Father Jarrett's fault. We, went, uh, we did the Delarosa, which is like walking where Jesus walked before he got to where he died. Um, and I, we did like the stations of the cross, but it was like, in the middle of the day. So people like live there and are selling and having a livelihood and it was really loud. So all this to say that should probably be one of my favorite places, but it wasn't because it was so like distracting. It's but, interesting though. Cause like, that's probably how it was when yeah. he was walking through. Right. It's crazy. To, Just taking credit card instead of, you know, their version <laughs> of cash. I don't know. What they're, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely the, the very, one of the first places we went was the annunciation. Um, and, I cried there because it was just like, it was just so real. And one of the first places we went, it was like, Mary was told here that she was going to have Jesus. And that changed everything. Like everything they ever knew, everything that I have ever known, my life would be totally different if I didn't have Jesus Christ. And it started here. Um, And it was just like this overwhelming, like, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe this is where we are and like this idea of I related a lot to Mary while I was there. And so it was just really cool that that was one of the first places we went. And one of the last places we went was Mary visiting Elizabeth. Um, so it was just really cool to experience that and see things in this new light. So that was one of my, one of my absolute favorite places. So we what were some of the connections? you said you felt close to Mary? What were mm-hmm. some of the, the spiritual connections for you there in, in either of those places? Yeah, I think a lot of it was just, um, I guess I can tell this this story. Um, when we went to the Nativity, particularly, um, it is crazy packed in there. We waited in line for four hours to get to the place where wow. where Jesus was born. Um, and they're doing construction and it's hot and we have a big group. There's like 50 of us. So we're trying to stay together and 
Um, it ended up as you get close, people are trying to cut in line and like all of these things. And it was very like stressful and crazy. And you're just like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? And it was actually like really hard. Like I remember being frustrated and mad and I was like, I don't want to be frustrated and mad. I'm literally about to go see where Jesus was born. This is not where I want to be right now. You know, like the the place where my heart was. And so to to have those emotions and feelings and I was just thinking about it and all of a sudden I kind of felt like, man, like I bet Mary and Joseph were trying to fight in that same way, just trying to find a place to have a baby, you know, like, and the inn is full, the inn is full, like everywhere they go is full. There's no place for them. It's crowded, you know, and, and they go to a place that nobody wanted, you know, they, they went to a place that nobody cared about or no one really saw as important. And now we are all striving to get to this place you know, and how much, I don't know, it was just this cool thought of like these ways of connecting to Mary that I never would have thought of before being at the actual place um, or feelings or things that are not actually written there in the Bible. I don't know. It was just really cool. Yeah. God, that's one of my favorite parts about the whole God story, right? Is mm-hmm. he takes these places, these outcast places, these places that nobody wants to go, these people that nobody cares about, and he makes them. He takes them like there's no human explanation for why these outcasts and uh, nobodies became some of the greatest figures, even in our like modern culture, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you don't have to be Christian, but you know who Moses is. You know who Abraham is. You know who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Jesus isn't a good example because he's the God of the universe. But like, you know, Peter, like he's just a fisherman. Nobody would know about Peter without Jesus, right? Right. And that gives me hope. It gives the people of God hope that he can take a nobody mm. uh, like us. He can take something that is either neutral in us or negative in us and make it good and make it something that he can use, right? Mm. Bring about uh, goodness, yeah. Right. Uh, what was one of the other places that uh, we, that was, that was two. What was your other, one of the other places that was really impactful for you? Um, sea of Galilee was really powerful. Um did you try walking on the water just to just? I to thought about it. it. You don't even know. And we had discussions of like, okay, so how does this work? Do you just like get out or do you have to like just jump? Like it's real trust. You just jump and it's going to be like hard or like, do you sink first so God knows that you really trust him, that you keep trying to walk on the water? Like, what is it? I, I would um, imagine that the captain of the boat always has an extra pair of clothes dash <laughs> because many dumb people have tried to do this. Jumping <laughs> off the boat. Um, yeah. Uh, being on, we, we took a, so one, there was like a church by it. So we got to like put our feet in the water once, but then we actually took a boat ride later. So you're actually on the water. Um, and Father Jared actually walked us through kind of, kind of like a guided meditation of when Jesus was resurrected and he was on the on the shore and he was making fish and the disciples jump out and they swim to him and, you know, trying to get to him. And he, he was walking us through that and he was telling us to close our eyes and imagine a shore. Well, I happened to just the place I was on the boat actually could see a shore. Um, That's the kind of imaginative prayer that I can do. <laughs> imagine a beach. There's one. <laughs> <laughs> this works. And so I, you know, close my eyes and, and I just kind of asked some questions that I never would have asked before of like, I'm not wearing my glasses, but how did they know that it was Jesus? Like this isn't, it's not like. I would know who a person was standing on the shore there. So like, how did they know? Like, did he, did he yell to them? Like what, how did they hear him? It's just like questions that I never, (laughs) I never would have asked before. Um, And so I was actually talking to father Chris, who was on, on the trip as well. We were just like talking about that. Cause I was like, I never, I don't understand. Like, how did they, how did they know? And he goes, it's when you know, when you love somebody, you always know. You know, and it's it's this idea of like how much the disciples loved him and had spent time with him because they knew it was him. And they were moved to act because of it. They ran towards him. And it's like how many times in our lives is Jesus on a shore and we don't recognize him or we're okay. Hey, nice to see you. And I stay in the safety of the ship instead of getting out and moving into action towards him. So it was just cool, like just cool things I never would have thought about before or would have even questioned before. 
So it's been over a week since you've been back. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has been the impact from the trip on current day producer Sam? Um, so what have, what have you brought back? The, what's the spiritual nugget, the human nugget that you brought back from your trip to the Holy Land? Um, yeah, I definitely feel like <laughs> even a week after I'm still processing everything that we we went to and experienced. And <laughs> you really are like Mary. You're holding all these things in and your pondering heart. pondering <laughs> them in her heart, yes. Um, so it's a lot of like looking at those things. But um, I actually had a really powerful um, confession while there and... Oh yeah, I don't think we have too much time to talk about it, but it was very, very powerful, and I think the Lord is still moving in those things, and and has called me to be a better person than I was because there's no way you can go and be so close to the place that He was and not be transformed, and not be, not be someone better, not be someone more like Him or striving to be more like Him. So what you're saying is, despite. The absolute certainty that I would get sick. You're saying that I should go. 110 <laughs> percent. That's that's not real. Uh, but a hundred, I'll take a hundred percent. Definitely. If you if you ever are like you've been thinking about it back and forth. I loved the group that we that we went with. I felt safe. It was beautiful. He was very knowledgeable. It was. A, Wait, you're awesome not talking experience. about Father Jared, are you? Well, the. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> he had a part of that, but he had never been either. I don't think so. The our tour guide Johnny led us a lot, and gotcha. He was awesome. Gotcha. Well, good. I'm glad you had such a good experience. Yeah. And I look forward to continuing to talk to you about it in our personal life because this segment is now over. Thanks for sharing. It's good to have you back. Uh, whenever we come back, we're going to continue talking about some spiritual transformation. I had this thought the other day about the impact of confirmation. I'm like, did it work for me? Did it work for you? Did it catch fire? Eh? 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 All right, we'll be right back. to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll, the loud Catholic himself, here with the less loud, but loud for a, a lady. Is that fair, Sam? I think a, as ladies go, you're not always loud, but you have the capability to be quite loud. Yes. It is preparing you for motherhood. It's true. <laughs> what, okay, what, what are you going to name your first kid? Boom, on the spot. If it's a boy, yeah, Peter. Peter, you get down here right now, boy. <laughs> I like Peter Michael. Peter Michael. Mm-hmm. Peter Michael. Michael. Peter. 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 Picked a pepper. I also, if it would be preferred, if I was married and had the last name Parker, Peter Michael Parker. Is is that is that Peter Parker's middle name? Uh, no. What's Peter Parker's middle name? I don't know. <laughs> Really? I'm surprised you don't know. I don't know if he has a middle name, or I don't know that he has a middle name. My wife didn't have a middle name until we got married, because hmm. then her maiden name became her her, her middle, middle name. name. Uh, have I to- have I told you the story of how we got engaged? When you were playing? Yeah, yeah. We sang her the song. We sang her just the way you are, uh, because it was that was it just come out then. That was a long time right. ago. You know, now it's more cliche to sing it. I'm like, I did it first. <laughs> <laughs> I sang it first. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another perfect wedding song. Uh, so yeah, I sang I sang her the song, and then halfway through the song, I went and proposed. There, you know, the, it involved the ring pop and a real diamond ring. Don't yell at me. I heard the the women listening already glaring at me. I heard them glaring at me. Wow. Uh, it's a it's a skill that I have. I've had many women glare at me, so I just hear it now. <laughs> I was about to say because we're in the past. When this goes out, so that's really impressive. You can know future glarings. <laughs> there was just. I, I usually know they're coming. If I'm about <laughs> to open my mouth, I know that people are going to glare at me. Yeah, valid. <laughs> that's that's somebody should write that as a review of Fort the Catholic <laughs> on iTunes, <laughs> along <laughs> with giving five stars. Though <laughs> he makes people angry, five stars. <laughs> okay, so I I proposed, but the 
it was funny. One of the first things that I said was I lied to you. That's a great way to start a proposal, by the way. It's true. I knew that if she said yes to me at the end, me starting that I'm lying, then it was real. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is the worst of me. If you could say yes to the worst (laughs) of me. I said, I lied. Because uh, the whole this whole song goes, you're amazing just the way you are, right? But much higher because Bruno Mars is ridiculous. So I said, well, there's one thing that I don't like about you because we had always joked about her not having a middle name, and just like I do with you, Samantha Leanne Shepard, which is not my middle name. I have done this for a long time. I kept giving my wife fake middle names. Oh, okay. And it was funny for her because she actually couldn't argue with me because she didn't have one. <laughs> you know, right. okay. you're like, no, I have one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I said, there's one thing I don't like about you is that you don't have a middle name. I want to give you one. Because by taking my last name, her her last name, Martinez, would become her middle name, right? Right. So she said yes after, you know, 25 minutes of, of just crying, which was very confusing. <laughs> I thought you were like going to have to describe and make her understand why that was going to be her middle name <laughs> for 20 minutes. That is so something she's like, my wife would do though. Oh, okay. What do you mean? It's, it's really funny. So Will Ferrell, you know Will Ferrell, right? Yes. Do you think Will Ferrell is funny? Uh, I mean... Not all the time, really. Elf, he's funny. Okay, <laughs> that's that's fun. I don't think I'm funny all the time, and that's where I'm going with this, actually, as well. All right. So, Will Ferrell, whether you like him or not, and a lot of people feel the way that you do. I think he's hilarious. There are times, though, that I think he's ridiculous and right. not funny. A little which, extra. Which, to be fair, that's how a lot of people feel about me. Like, he's funny most of the time, but there are sometimes. <laughs> and there are other people that feel like you do. It's like, he was funny that one time when he did that one thing. So there's, there's a vast way of thinking about both Will Ferrell and myself. Uh, Will Ferrell's just much more uh, successful than I, right? Right. He makes a living being funny. It's true. As in like multiple, multiple millions living. He doesn't need wow. to win the lottery because he already has that much money. <laughs> he has the lottery. Uh, his family, his wife and kids do not think he is funny. I heard that. Did they, you tell me that? I did. I think I did tell you okay. that. It's a thing that I tell people a lot because it makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> because my wife thinks I'm funny, but the amount of times where I tell her a joke and she goes, ah, I don't get it. <laughs> is baffling to me. <laughs> so she would, you know, when I propose, wait, I don't get it. What's my middle name going to be? I, I'm just going to give you one. Your new name is Samantha <laughs> Leanne Troll. Okay. <laughs> no, Ma- Martinez. <laughs> what, whatever. So, okay. I don't know how we got onto that topic. Me I either. completely blame you. It's your fault. But 3% of the audience enjoyed that conversation. You're welcome. You are Welcome, 3%. Okay. So last week, I did something crazy. This is how much... I told people this last week, but I have to tell them again mm-hmm. because I made a sacrifice for, for all of the listeners. Wow. I double booked myself because I'm a dope. I We usually record the show Tuesday evenings, 5.30 to 7-ish, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I edit for... Depending on how many mistakes I made, like earlier in this segment, <laughs> I have to go in and cut some things out, and I clean it up, and then I have to make the segments for the radio, and then I have to make the podcast, put all of everybody's f- favorite commercials in. A lot of people's favorite part of the podcast is listening to the dopey commercials that I do, which is really funny. I'm like, I, I do them? So it's this strange feeling. I don't know how I should feel about that. Your favorite part of favorite part of the show is the commercials it's like it's not a lot of people's favorite part of the show is you which is i think a lot of people are being honest and i think some people like you know like with every joke there's some truth to it right everybody really likes you but i think part of the reason why people say that not all of it is that they know that it bothers me (laughs) that could be valid there's some validation, I'm sure. So I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about people liking the commercials more than the show. It's like, it's all my content, so I guess it's fine. But I work hard on the show. The commercials are just threw together and I'm being random and silly. <laughs> which most people would say that's what the content of the show is. But well, what, what do you think? How should I think about that? Um, I mean, I don't think I've ever heard any of these commercials. That's what I was thinking about in this whole conversation that you were just saying. Here's what we're going to do. Okay. Taylor made a lot of mistakes earlier in the show. So I'm going to have to go edit a lot of this out. Okay. Right here, I'm going to put one of the commercials so that you can hear it. Okay. Ready, set, go. Howdy. Do you or anyone you love have a beard, lips, or skin? 
If this is true for you, then we have a great deal for you from our friends over at Catholic Balm Co. No, I didn't say bomb. I said balm. B-A-L-M. Head on over to catholicbalm.co slash forte. Here's the deal. Anytime you use that link, you are not only supporting the work here of Forte Catholic, but you are also supporting youth ministry throughout the country. And you're not just giving to us and to these great causes, you are getting a special deal as well. If you enter the code Forte, F-O-R-T-E, you will get not 10, but we've turned the discount to 11, 11% off your next purchase. Go check it out. Beard Balm to make your beard luscious like mine. There's lip balm and hand lotion, all kinds of great stuff for all your beard, skin, and lip needs. Once again, catholicbalm.co slash forte to support the work we are doing here at the show, Catholic Youth Ministry, and get some great new products for yourself and or your loved ones. Peace. Beard, lips, and skin. Sam, do you often think about your beard, lips, and skin needs? No. (laughs) I don't. So obviously it's silly. We did another one for Sacrilegious. We just became affiliates with them. Can you guess how I start off the the commercial? No. Do you or anyone you love have feet? (laughs) Of course you did. (laughs) So we have fun. With our commercials. Okay. All this, I don't know how we got onto this, but I know that we started talking about how I, I sacrificed for the audience last week. Yes. Recorded the show. Then I went to go drive to speak, to teach at our RCIA class for St. Joseph's. Right. Then I came back to edit. Like oh. I spent hours here, multiple trips to and from the studio, and I'm doing the same thing today because I'm teaching at RCIA tonight. Because last week... Everybody knows that I have a very particular set of skills, and by that I mean my style is quite different than most people's style, right? Both right. in teaching and, you know, on the radio. So um, if you've never heard me speak in person, it's a lot like this. <laughs> so, uh, I got a call the day after RCA from the person in charge. And I was like, oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, you know, somebody complained or whatever. I got it most for the most part. And this is how it is most time when I go speak most places because of my style. Most people kind of liven up because they're like, this is different than what we usually have in church. I actually kind of enjoy being here. The whole make a thousand fun again thing, right? Mm -hmm. But there's always a few people who are like leering at me. Like, again, I can (laughs) feel them in the depths of my bones staring at me and trying to make me explode with their minds, right? Mm -hmm. So I figured one of those two or three people, you know, of the 50 people that were there, there were two or three that were not sure about me. We'll say that, right? So I thought somebody was calling to complain. And instead, I actually didn't answer the call because I wasn't ready for it. So I called this person back later and I was like, hi, so-and-so, how are you? And they were like, Taylor, we want to thank you so much for coming. Will you come back again next week? I'm like, (laughs) whoa, that was unexpected, right? So I'm going back today to talk about, about confession. Last week, I talked about confirmation. I want to end our conversation today here with a conversation about this last part of confirmation, the effects of confirmation. So for me, I can remember my, I remember my confirmation. I remember going through confirmation class and I remember learning a lot mm. about faith, but I, I don't feel, and maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's the people who's, who's teaching, like it was lacking. I, I don't know. It was probably me, right? <laughs> but like I knew, I learned a lot about the faith Mm-hmm. But I feel like I was lacking in my knowledge of what confirmation actually was, like what the sacrament actually did, what what it was supposed to do mm-hmm. in my life. So the day I was confirmed, I was like, I thought I was going to feel something, you know, like Ray in Star Wars where she like, you know, wants to use the force. And I was like, I thought I was going to actually feel something. And I didn't. And I was like, well, I mean, confirmation's cool. Like I, I like Catholicism a lot. I got that out of my preparation, but I don't really understand the effects of my confirmation. Mm. And I was like, I got a lot of money for my family as a congratulations. Like, that's pretty cool. But I didn't know what the effects of it were and I didn't feel any of them. So I was kind of disappointed. Mm. Um, what was your experience of your like confirmation prep and confirmation day? Um, well, I know for sure that I did not learn anything because of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know that for a hundred percent, me and my 
really good friend to this day. Uh, we were terrible in our confirmation classes. Wesley Shemek? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were terrible in our in our classes. Um, and so to be able to, like we went through the process and that was just a thing that you kind of did. And confirmation classes were separate from youth group. So I didn't really like that part of it. And it was more like classroom style. So I didn't super like enjoy it. Um, so like going through confirmation, I don't feel like, oh, it was this like magnificent moment. There was like one moment during the mass um, that I think I was filled with um, a spirit of fear because the bishop called on me to answer a question mm. and I was not paying attention to any of my classes. But luckily the answer was Superman and I got it right. <laughs> and it was really, it was good. So I don't feel like, again, kind of similar to you. Well, similar and different, I guess. Um, I don't feel like there was any kind of like the, the clouds opened and I felt the Holy Spirit pour down upon me or anything like that. Yeah. And what's interesting is like a lot of times in the scriptures, we see this It's like there are multiple people who are part of the church who are baptized, mm. but they weren't confirmed. So we see oftentimes the apostles coming and like big things happen. And I expected that. But then like, I think for myself and I think a lot of people's experience is you don't feel anything there, but what was confirmation supposed to do? The big thing is it makes, it makes you a, a full member of the church, but the, the, primarily the gifts of the Holy Spirit are increased and strengthened within us. And it makes us not only part of the church, but defenders of, of mm-hmm. the church, right? To be able to live out our faith. And I didn't feel that that day, but I look at how much my life changed from that. Day. Like I, that was right around when I started in ministry. Mm-hmm. And all those little steps that I took, the, like the power of the Holy Spirit living within me, continued to grow mm-hmm. over time, right? And I think it was just a good reminder to me that I'm not always going to feel something Mm-hmm. But I'm going to uh, continue to grow in this like I did at the beginning. Like I'm going to continue to grow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Love and the, and the fruits, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These things need to become more manifest in me just as they have since my confirmation day. So that's my challenge for you today. Uh, live out your confirmation today. How are those fruits being made manif- manifest more in your life. That was like the challenge to me from God through me giving this talk in confirmation preparing for it. So guys, thanks for tuning in. This has been another great show. It's great to have producer Sam back and we'll be back next week. Say it! Hey, it's Taylor. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. Producer Sam is always gone by the time we do these little post-show uh, little uh, plugs. Producer Sam, you're still here because I'm feeding you dinner. What's up? It's true. I'm a very... I'm, I, I'm hungry. You're very hungry. Yeah. So this is the point in the show where I thank them for listening. Oh. I tell them that they are awesome. And I tell them that if they like the show... Uh, they can always find it on podcast, Forte Catholic, F-O-R-T-E Catholic dot com slash radio. And they can also go like us on social media, mm-hmm. Forte Catholic mm-hmm. on Twitter, Forte Catholic on Facebook, Taylor Schroll on Twitter, Taylor Schroll on Instagram. Let's connect. Let's be friends. Again, you guys are awesome. Sam thinks you're awesome, right, Sam? It is true. We'll be back next week. Peace. See ya. <laughs>